Welcome, you are locked on 76ers and 76ers took a big L in game number five. Disappointing game. Why this one was a tough one. And of course, why they need to snap out of it for game number six. We need to talk about the disaster that it was. Sixers fall. We'll do it next right here. Locked on 76ers. You are locked on 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens of 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my partner and co-host from TheInquire.com, Sixers beat writer, Keith Pompey. Keith, what's going on, man? Live from Miami. Not a good performance. Nah, not a good performance at all. What's up, man? How you been? Oh, man, it was tough doing the show following the game. So now we have to keep it going. You and I breaking this one down, dissecting the game. 120 to 185, a 35-point blowout uh, of the Miami Heat for the Philadelphia 76ers. First, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts on all platforms, including YouTube and Locked On at Locked On 76ers. Keith, 120-85. You can look at it and say it wasn't even that close with the 35-point loss that they had last night. Uh, they they seemed defeated. They seemed uh, to lack energy. They seemed disinterested in the game as if they just wanted it to get over with in the first quarter. Uh, they were down after one, 31-19. There was a 12-0 run in the first quarter. Another extended run later on in the game that just continued to go on and on and on. You had role players stepping up, Max Struess, in a big way, Victor Oladipo off the bench playing well. Jimmy Butler, again, doing what Jimmy Butler does. And you also had P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Gabe Vincent in for an injured Kyle Lowry. He totaled 15 points for the Heat last night. Quietly, he totaled 15 points. But, man, they seemed like the team that really wanted it, uh, and the Sixers did not. Man, let's just be real. The Sixers got their ass whipped. Sorry to be that blunt, but that's what happened. They got beat down. I mean, it's the real deal. Like, you sitting over here being nice, saying these dudes this, that. The Sixers just didn't come to play, man. Like, I mean, they just didn't. I mean, first of all, the first three possessions of the game, the first one, Joel Embiid comes in and scores. You're like, boom. And after that, it just seemed like, I mean, they saying they weren't passing the ball. They weren't doing this. They weren't doing that, right? But it was one of those things where you look at it and you're saying, what are they doing? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you got James Harden, like, dribbling in the corner. You got Joel up on the high post. Like, they got four dudes around them, and there's two dudes, and they got four dudes around them, and they're still trying to give Joel a ball. Strip, turnover, bad pass, missed shot. And then they going back the other end. I mean, it was like it was just bad from the start. Like, we talk about this, man. Role players got to play. Niang. 0 for 6. I mean, the first game, he was 0 for 7. You can't do that, man. And then not only that, they just looked like, and I'm not saying they did this, but it looked like South Beach got him. And I don't think it happened this time. 
but they look like a team that came down here ready to ready like like taking the game like um like like it's just a regular season game nobody cares about there was no intensity no nothing no emotion and it's disappointing like you got an opportunity to go up 3-2 yeah since 2000 the team that wins that goes up 3-2 in a series have won that series 70% of the time and they had a chance to do something and they screwed up. And I ain't coming at you, but what I'm saying is you like, blah, blah, blah. forget all that. They got crushed, dude. <laughs> and they got to do better. They do. Why are you coming at me, man? I didn't play it. I didn't oh, I ain't it. I'm not coming at you. It's like, but here's my thing. Like, something else I'm going to say this. Did you notice when when Gabe Vincent starts, they're 5-0? and oh. I didn't know that. Wow. That's crazy. When he starts, they're 5-0. and oh. So it, it was it was bad, but but you look at it, the turnovers, the rebounding again, uh the three point shooting was horrible. Yep. The one thing I will say, the one thing that they did well was they made 14 or 15 foul shots. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, they had they had eight less opportunities than the Miami Heat with those foul attempts, and the Heat made three more free throws. And obviously, with the threes, they were 13 makes for Miami, nine for the Sixers. Just not a good performance. And we always talk about it, man. And it's always one of my my three keys to any game with this team. And that's turning the ball over. And they did it again, man. 16 turnovers leading to 23 points once again. They coughed it up in the first quarter. As I said, they went on that 12-0 run. They couldn't make a shot. Defensively, they weren't anywhere. There was no resistance at all, Keith. They were just doing whatever they wanted, getting right by people. Max Struess was going to the basket. He was going up, lay up, turn the ball over that way to lay it up, and he could just do whatever he want, play with the ball in the air because of how open he was, and there was no one there to do anything about it. And, and that was the thing. They seemed like they wanted it badly, Miami did. And even if it, the Sixers did do something early on, once they saw that they punched them and there was no fight left in them, they said, oh, we got this. And that's exactly what they did. And they wound up blowing them out by 35. They were up by as much as 37. The turnovers again, man. Just come on. Play with some pride, first of all, number one. Play like you want to be there. Play like you see what's in front of you with that 3-2 advantage that would, would have been there for you to go out and close the game, close the series on Thursday. But they couldn't even do that, man. So really disappointed in how they showed up. Really disappointed. It was bad, dude. It was it was really bad. I mean, yeah, it was disappointment. They're really disappointed. Real, really big disappointment, man. And we need to talk about uh, everything regarding this team and uh, what the coach had to say and, and how this thing all played out. We talk about why this was so important for them and uh, why they let a lot of people down with this one, man. No energy, no fight in them and why this might be a problem heading into game number six on Thursday back here in Philadelphia. We'll do that next right here, Locked On 76ers. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because it's good for you. It makes me feel better. I'm a brother who needs to work out more and I don't do it as much as I could. I should. But so this is what you have to do. Why do you, uh, the reason why I personally consume this is because, like I said, I need to work out. I need to do a lot of other things, but it also makes me feel good. 
You ever notice like how you you work out, you're athletic, you take some 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 drink, a drink or vitamins, and it just makes your lifestyle feel better. Everything about your lifestyle. So look, let me tell you this about uh, the price of this. It costs you less than three dollars a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habits, right? It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Is if you if you're interested in all one nutritional insurance, all this stuff is great. So to make it easy, Athletics Green is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five three travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/nba network. Again. That's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'm telling you people, do it today. Do it today. You heard the man. Get in there. Athletic Greens. The Sixers needed some of that last night uh, with the loss, 120-85. Keith, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers their first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast with nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, like checking us out, checking out what the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. I'm sure Nick is very busy over there after uh, the uh, Game 5 loss to the Phoenix Suns for the Dallas Mavs. So check out yeah, Locked On Now podcast as well for the others to get the nightly recaps of every NBA game. Keith, uh, one of the things that I was able to experience on the radio side after the game and on social media, I'm sure you saw it. People were coming at Doc Rivers saying he didn't have this team prepared. This loss is on him, so on and so forth, blaming the players as well. But I got to tell you, man, uh, as much as I'll get on Doc Rivers for things that he does, and I'll say this plenty of times when I don't think it's his fault. I think you had the team ready to play. And at some point you have to have to what you said in the first segment, some personal pride in going out there and executing the game plan. I know Embiid said that they didn't follow the game plan. They uh, all these things that he pointed out. And it's like, how do you not follow the game plan if it is, you know, something that could work for you to help win this game? And but a lot of people were pointing the finger at Doc Rivers. And I'm here to say this, man. Uh, I've I've said a lot of things about Doc Rivers. I've disagreed with some of the things that he has done. This was not his fault, like people are trying to make it out to be. No, it's not. Like, here's the thing right now. So you got three max players, right? So you got got three max players. The other team, (laughs) so you got James Harden, um, a minus 29. He has 14 points on five for 13 Mm. shooting. Mm. He has four turnovers. He shot two for six on three, right? So then you have another max player, um, Joel Embiid, an MVP finalist, right, who had 17 points on seven for 12 shooting. Now, he did shoot the ball five for six in the third quarter, right? But he had five rebounds. He had two turnovers, and he was a minus 29. Then you have a third max player in Tobias Harris, who had 12 points, was a minus 27, he shot the ball five for 14, right? And he had three turnovers. Then you have a guy who people, you know, say is probably the second best on the team behind Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. He had nine points, 
a minus 25, and he shot two for 10. So, you know, George Niang was 0 for 6. So when you factor all that stuff in, you can't blame the coach. No, nah, you can't. Like, you know, when you have guys of that caliber, a lot of times you let them play, and especially in moments like this, right? Yeah, you devise certain things, they do it. But how can you honestly say that the coach messed up when he was drawing up plays and dudes wasn't making, they couldn't make shots? You know what I mean? They just couldn't. So, nah, you can't blame Doc Rivers. I think I think right now we, we got to a point where Doc Rivers is the person that's easy to blame. Okay. Yeah. They messed up. Let's go after Doc. It's Doc's fault. It's Doc's fault. But it looked like they're from the gate that these dudes didn't want to be there, some of them. And then they just couldn't hit any shots at all. So you can't blame that on the coach. No, I don't. Not not last night. Not not that performance. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't shoot poorly. He he didn't uh, not give effort for the 50-50 balls to go out there and get those extra opportunities. That wasn't on him last night. The only thing that I will point out that I thought that he was wrong early in the game, Keith, you remember you were in the building. You felt the energy in the in the building. The Miami Heat were on a uh, – what were they on? A, a 9-0 run and thought that he would call timeout, um, and he didn't. And the next thing you know, Max Strews hit another three-pointer, and that's when he called timeout. Jimmy Butler had a breakaway dunk, and uh, – I figured that after he scored that bucket, that's when Doc Rivers would call timeout, stop the bleeding. Instead, he said, no, I'm going to let these guys play on. And they did it again. They turned the ball over yet again. They just kept coming in bunches, these turnovers. And I thought at that point, that's the only time I thought Doc Rivers uh, looked at him and said, yeah, you should have called that timeout. In the moment, I said it. And he let them play. And then and then Max Strews hit that three-pointer to make it, I believe, 18-10. And I was like, okay, Doc, that was on you right there. But for everything else, not on him. I don't think that set the tone for the game. That was on them. They needed to play better. They understood what the moment was that was presented. Tyrese Maxey said it after game number four. We haven't done anything yet. We still have to win. The first team to four wins. We only have two. And you had a prime opportunity. That's not on the head coach. He had them ready to go. They didn't perform. That's on them. Um that's it for me on that one. And I, I just got to say that that's how I felt about it. But uh, Keith, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we look ahead also to returning home to Philadelphia for game number six. Once again, now it's really a must-win situation. We'll talk about what took place last night, looking ahead a little bit to game number six next right here on Locked On 76ers. And I got to tell you folks about the Great Built Bar. It's the summertime. You're looking to get ready. It's coming. You want to be fit. You want to be right. Keith told you about something a little bit earlier. Now I got to tell you about Built Bar, where I've been telling you about the puffs. They're absolutely healthy and delicious. They're 100% real chocolate. They're fluffy. They're uh, protein, marshmallow infused, all these great things. So many flavors. The box that you want to get, uh, you know, there, there's a mixed box that is out there now. They have 12 different flavors of options for you for the built bar. Let me just read a few. Banana cream pie, churro, uh, again, in the puffs, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more, just a few. Just wanted to make sure I shared a few with you. Check them out. Uh, they are 12 flavors. Take a look at them. There's something for everyone. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 
uh, and 17 grams of protein. Compare them to a candy bar with 240 calories, three, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Just, just go to built.com. They'll tell you a lot more. I've been telling you about it for months now that I really I like these. I've replaced the candy bars with Built Bar, and they have done wonders for me at this point, whether it's the late nights doing the podcast with Keith or in the morning waking up doing the podcast with Keith for your listen and late night radio shows as well, leaving the arena, whatever it is, uh, playing basketball early morning and I need something, I go to my Built Bar and I want you to do the same with all these great flavors. Go to Built.com using promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. You don't want them to do it today, people. Do it today. It's were, were, were we in the mood for that after the Sixers didn't do it today? Like we, yeah, we ain't got, they ain't got nothing to do with us. <laughs> do, do it today, folks. Do it today. Go get your built bar at built.com. Well, man, listen, now they're in a must-win situation. I, I told you I thought they were in a must-win situation for game number five as um, we approach this, this game five. And they dropped the ball big time. I don't know if they felt like after a while, you know what, guys, we have a guaranteed game six back in Philadelphia. We'll be ready to go. That's not the mentality that I want from my basketball team if I'm rooting for a squad. That's not the way to go. But they do have it. And while the momentum was taken away from them, they were down 0-2 coming back home for game number three. So if there's any chance that they can extend this series, Obviously, it is at home with this next game. We'll get to game seven if they get to game seven, but they do have a game six key to look back at the mistakes that they made in this one, which were awful, and get ready for this game number six that will be played back here in Philadelphia on Thursday night. Yeah, they gotta they gotta uh they gotta do a lot of stuff. Now this is this is kind of crazy. The last three years that the 76ers have made it, the last three times in the second round. They they went down three two, they come back and they win game six and they lose game seven, right? And so it's kind of like here we go again, and you know in a way that's kind of like a mental thing. But at least they battled the the, the four sevens game sevens, but you know they got to do they got to do a better job of of passing the ball, being less stagnant, right? Um, and they got to match the intensity. Now I think that's going to they're going to be able to do that because they're going to have the home crowd. Uh, I wonder who they're going to have ringing the bell, doing all that other stuff, and and that's going to um, help them out. But you know, this is a, a tough situation. Now, I remember beforehand, you know, in yesterday's podcast or episode, I said that it wasn't a must win. Now it's a must win, right? This is a must win. If not, the season's going to be over. And I'll be honest with you, if you think about this. Like right now, if they lose this, they they would have lost 11 of their last 12 appearances in the second round. They can't. Come on, man. You can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, it's funny, huh? (laughs) It's it's funny in a bad way. Yeah, because of when we start, if this happens again, even though they're going up against the number one seed, we felt like they matched up well. And despite falling down 0 2, 
you would think that maybe they possibly, of course, would have taken one in those first two games with him being out there on the floor. But we don't know because he wasn't there. So it is what it is with where we are. And if they lose this series, all it's going to do is now add on to 2018, 2019, pardon me, where they lose to Toronto. It's going to go back to 2021 playoffs where they lose to the Atlanta Hawks as the number one seed. And then we're going to add this one in there. And it's become a problem. Um, And we'll, of course, remember the Boston series as well in 18 when they first got in there. Boston knocked him off in that second round matchup as well. This can't keep happening. This is what we always talk about. Yes, we want to see them get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals. But the first thing that you have to do outside of advancing past the first round, which we all normally uh, pick them to do against their, their opponent, is to get past that second round. And here we are again. You make this deal for James Harden to advance and have that running mate with Joel Embiid. And here we are again on the brink of elimination. Now, once again, they have another game. They have forced it this far where it it looked like they might be swept. They have forced this game six. They don't get a golf clap for that. I'm just simply pointing out they now have one more opportunity to do so, take it one game at a time, and then get to that next one, which would be that potential game seven on Sunday. So, Keith, huge, huge game for the Sixers on thursday at seven o'clock back here in philadelphia so that's it man well look i gotta ask you this question there's something yeah. that you and i talked about beforehand um what, what what's your thoughts on joel and b's comments gina mizell works for the Enquirer, asked him about his thoughts on uh the mvp right um you know basically what he did is he went from there. He talked about it. Like, you know, he gave his opinion. Um, you know, he talked about how they're focused on winning. And he, he said, Joker, Nicola had an amazing season. I'm not mad. Um, uh, you know, so he, but then he goes on and he basically talks about, you know, certain people, voter, voters, how some of them have uh, agendas. Agendas, yeah, agendas, and and I just want to. What's your opinion on his comments? Well, um, I I thought that he was, I thought he was honest with how he felt when the question was thrown at him. I I thought that uh, it was. I thought he was put in a tough spot because they just got they just got the doors blown off like they just did. If he answered this way after a win, which was him stating that. Of course, Nikola Jokic deserved the award. He's happy for him. Um, And then he started to go on a little bit more about kind of what he said before. I don't know what else I have to do and all that. No one wants to hear that, especially after a loss and the performance that was right there. So it's tough. Um, The one thing that I will say, not picking up or standing up for him, is we often ask for athletes to be honest and to be open and talk. He's one of those dudes that will talk. And sometimes he goes and he's long-winded, but he does talk and he gives you something. And if he said, I don't want to talk about it or congrats to Nikola Jokic, then people would be like, see, Joel's just being a bleep, you know what? And then what? So I I didn't have a problem with how he did it. 
it's tough that he had to answer it for the first time after a blowout loss like this, and he didn't perform well either. So um, I didn't want to hear it, but I understand why I had to hear it because he was asked a question and he answered the question. And he answered it honestly. So I, I was okay with it, despite not wanting that to be part of the conversation after a blowout like it was. But Gina had to ask it. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, that's one of the things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I understand that. I mean, the thing about it is, it's, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you ask, like you say, you asked a question, he, he says it, um, he was being honest. But, you know, the, the thing is, I, I think basically the big thing is, like, you know, the media, I'm a voter, and, and I, I'm a, Object. I mean, it's my first year ever voting for Joel. First, I didn't even vote for him like first team, like beforehand, because I always felt like Nicola was a better player. I like Joel, but I thought he was. This year, I voted for Joel, um, and first team because see, for me, I feel like you know, if a guy is a center, then I'm gonna vote him a center. I'm not voting a center a power forward. You know what I mean? It's just not how it is. Like I want a point guard, a two guard, a small forward, a power forward in the center. So that's the reason why Joel never got it beforehand on my ballot was because I felt like Joker was the better center. You know what I mean? Whatever. Base it off head to heads. But so I understand where he's coming from, though, with certain people. But at the same time, it's really like um, – you know, it, it, it's one of those things where I just think that sometimes some of us need to be a little bit more educated in what Doc said. There are certain people who get caught up in analytics and there are certain people who face it like you got to do research. Once they ask you to become a voter, you got to start dissecting stuff. You got to start seeing whatever. That way, you know who you voting for, like and don't get caught up with the hype. You know what I mean? And I remember, like, I asked a lot of people. I start reading up stuff, start, like, paying more attention to games, looking, you know, and not just looking at the stats. Because it's easy for a reporter in the Northeast to vote for MB because you see him. But then you don't know what the Joker's doing. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to educate yourself. So that's just my my seven cents on that one, my no. seven. No, I appreciate it, man. No, because it is. And we know here locally or six of fans around the country, around the world, it's a big deal to them that he did not win the award. When 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 players in your on your team win the award, you also feel like you were a part of it. And they they want to see that 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 player rewarded for the work that he did for the team, whether it's an all star or NBA a defense player of the year, even with Simmons, as much as people couldn't stand Ben Simmons. Uh, towards the end, so many people felt like he should have won at least one defensive player of the year in the last three seasons, and he did not. And I thought he should have as well. Uh, but you know, there's a sense of pride when your player is up for one of he's a finalist and he's up for one of these awards. And in this case, who doesn't want to be uh, told that they're the best player in the best league of your sport? So he, I don't I don't have a problem with him wanting it. I think it gets lost where people think he doesn't want to win a championship. Keith, whenever you guys ask him these questions, he often, like you said tonight, he often talks about, well, we got to win a championship. 
And then he's asked about the award and he has to answer about the award. So that's my seven cents. On now, now here's, I got something else I want to say before we go. I know we're going along with it, and I apologize, y'all, for this. But this is something that said Joel Embiid struggled tonight. He did. He, played, he had this guy struggled mightily, but he said something that made a lot of sense. Somebody asked him about his performance, and he said, "Look, I'm in a lose-lose situation here. If I tell you, like that." I my hand hurts and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden you're saying I'm making excuses. But if I tell you, but if I don't play, then you call me soft. So it's, it's, it, I, I understand the question, but I'm not going to say anything. And I think he's right. You know, right, right about now, you know, if he says something, he's not a warrior. He's not a winner. This and that. But if he would have not played, then all of a sudden it's kind of sort of like, come on, man, you need to man up and you need to play for your team. Do you agree? I agree. I agree with you. I agree with what he said. And that's why when I also pointed out, if he didn't answer the question, honestly, then people would be saying "Oh, he's acting like this and he's acting like that because he just bailed out on the question. And I'll, I'll give you this one. Since you didn't hear it, you were at the arena. I didn't hear it because we were doing the radio broadcast. Apparently, the uh, TNT crew at halftime, when the Sixers were down and Embiid had six points in the first half, they were saying that he should have been using the MVP snub as fuel, and he wasn't. And he should have been taking that more seriously, and that's why he should have been beating and dominating the team that he was. That part I disagree on. Now, while we can all sit there and say, hey, Joel is going to go out there and and go crazy on the defense because he was not given that award, that's not the motivating factor. The motivating factor is to win the game. Bottom line. Not mm-hmm. because of the award, not because of a first team, none of that. It's simply about the team needs him to play well to win the game. So I disagree when someone sent me that clip of the TNT crew stating that they're disappointed in his first half performance because he should be using the MVP stuff as fuel. No, he should be using the opportunity to go up 3-2 as fuel. And as you said, he didn't play well. Bottom line. And that's it. Yeah. So we'll see, man. We'll yeah. see. Well. They have another chance. They could have another two chances, but they definitely have one more chance. Everybody, thanks for making Locked On 76 is your first listen every day. On our next episode, we will preview game number six. As Keith said, finally, a must-win situation in game six for the Sixers against the Heat. That's on Thursday night. Now, make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, great stuff as always, man. Always good to be with you. Let the people know where they can find us, man. Well, you can start out by finding us on Twitter. You can find my man D at DivineG975. You can find me at Pompeii on Sixers. Also, you know, you can listen to our podcast wherever you get podcasts at. Subscribe there. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts at. But also... 
make sure you subscribe to our Locked On 76ers YouTube channel. That way you can get, you know, our, our, our podcast and, and view it and, and, you know, see us make crazy facial expressions and stuff the whole nine. But look, when you do it, I want y'all to do it today, people. <laughs> do it today. <laughs> do it today, folks. All right, Keith, man, safe trip home. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Appreciate it, man. All right. I'll probably see you at practice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, if they have it. Did they already release that? They have it practice? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be 11. All yeah. right. Uh, no, like one o'clock, I believe. I think one o'clock. All yeah. right. Yes, I'll All be right. there. All right, bro. Peace. All right, man. See you. Mm-hmm.